Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, where you read and hear new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer of War Media. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And follow me on social media at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram and jhicks042 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the In The Scope podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. time it is it is the the one and only in the scope podcast with your boy joshua m hicks senior writer for war media and many of you guys may be looking at me if you can actually see this um with the hoodie it's because it's cold as hell it's 17 <laughs> degrees in chicago right now i am freezing <laughs> in my house as we're recording this, <laughs> as we're recording this on christmas eve but as we are as i'm continuing to try to stay warm out here it's not as bad as getting foot of snow in the East Coast, like, <laughs> like, like a guest of my, like this special guest of mine. You know what? Did. Honestly, we 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 did get like a. Uh, I was gonna say we did end up getting like a foot of snow. Uh, well, close to it. It was it was it was a lot. It was a lot of snow that we did end up getting, but a lot of that subsided now. Like right now, it's like fifty-seven degrees outside. So I don't envy y'all at all in the slightest, man. Y'all. See now, yeah, I'm jealous. See, now I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, let me check the weather app. And it was like, yeah, 57 degrees and a lot of rain all day tomorrow. It's going to be 61 on Christmas. But the uh, the low is going to be 28. So it's still going to be, it's going to get pretty cold later on. But yeah, y'all have fun with all that. Y'all have fun. <laughs> the brother that I'm envying right now on this show is, my, is one of my day ones. He's a heavy writer, a heavy.com writer for the Warriors, as well as a producer. Got his own show, the Alt Show, Alt Mel Show. Oh man, this dude is doing a real deal back in the NYC. I want everyone listening to give it up for my guy, Melvin Taylor. Melvin, man, my envious that, brother, bro. my envious brother. <laughs> I appreciate that intro, man. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I'm so glad to finally be on the show with you. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been there to see bro for the past couple of years, and it's amazing to see the progress that you've made, and uh, I only see bigger and better things for you in the future, so please continue to go on. Keep this show going, so that way you always got your own thing happening, and uh, yeah, and also, I mean, obviously everybody's not going to know, but there's also some crossover with us from uh, in the PR world as well with uh, Jerry Thomas and whatnot, too, but yeah, man, yeah, excited to excited that we finally got all this going, and, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's talk some hoop, because NBA is back and it's unbelievable, but it's back. So yeah, <laughs> most definitely NBA is back and opening night just occurred a couple of days ago with the Warriors against the Nets. And oh my gosh, what a game that was. Um, Man, <laughs> talk about it, talk about it. So um, yeah, one of my one of my beats 
for heavy.com is to write about the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, I've been into it since the offseason and really was looking forward to the season because you had Steph coming back from his broken hand. Draymond was going to be back really healthy. Uh, uh, Clay Thompson was going to be healthy coming from his ACL tear. Um, they had the number two draft pick. And it was like, okay, and Andrew Wiggins was somewhere in the mix. And it's like, all right, they have the makings of they could get back to that, like, Warriors dominance that they had. And then subsequently, uh, Clay ends up tearing his right Achilles. And now it's like, all right, all that energy has kind of just been sucked right out of the building, uh, so to speak, with everything they had going on. But, you know, Steph has been – he has maintained his stance of we're going to be a tough, competitive team. We're going to stick it to everybody that we play this year. And that certainly was not the case against the Brooklyn Nets because they look real good. <laughs> they look real good, man. Oh, man, man, oh, man. It's, it's good to see Kevin Durant come back and be um, healthy. And that that two-year stretch that he kind of had off being able to come in until now, um, two, it's almost two years. It's been like a year and a half or something. like. It's been so, I, I don't know the exact number of dates, but it's been a long time since we've seen him be who he was pre-injury. And it's good to see him come back and be fully healthy and show that, hey, you know, I'm still KD. At the, at the end of the day, and it only makes it that much worse when Kyrie is going. Uh, uh, I don't know what he was – I don't know what his actual stats were, but he was just on fire to be able to start the game. When he ended the half pulling up from about 25 feet, I was like, oh, this is not going to be good at all. But, um, you know, it's it's, it's they got to take their, their lumps so they can get them, and it might be about time for everybody to just kind of look at Andrew Wiggins and be like, you're not going to be that guy. I mean, it's, we've all been saying this, but it's we can officially have the conversation in public now. You just might not be that guy. So it's still very early. I know it's only game one. I might get killed for some of that. It is what it is. But sometimes you just know. And just, <laughs> just, I feel like at this point in time, we just kind of know what's happening right now. But nonetheless, I am excited for James Wiseman. I, I think he's going to be a, a great shining star for the Warriors this season, especially with him uh, being able to stretch out his range to the three-point line. He's been practicing that um, for a long time, knowing that, hey, I got to be a, a nimble big man in the NBA today. So that'll be cool. And um, I'm also – I still want to see Steph. I've, I've maintained this throughout the offseason all the way up until now. And even last year, we'll talk to him coming back and going into last year. I want to see Steph average 30 a game. Like, I want to see that version of Steph Curry. Like, I know what you – he was capable of doing that in college at Davidson, right? When he was averaging 27 his junior year. So I know it's possible. I want to see him do it on this stage as well because that's the type of nightly effort he's going to have to give for this Warriors team to be able to get to a six or seven seed with how good this Western Conference is going to be. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. But if they keep running the buzzsaws like that, you never know. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing. Like Steph got to go back to old Steph in order for yeah. them just to stay afloat at this point. Because unfortunately, Clay Thompson just can't can't keep healthy right now. They are getting older, and yeah. and, and, and like you mentioned, Andrew Wiggins is not that guy. I can't even believe that we almost traded for him with the Bulls. We almost went for him instead of Zach. I can't believe that we almost did that. But <laughs> that's a whole nother whole nother situation. I I, I have. I have a bit of sympathy for Wiggins in the sense that, granted, one, 
there were a lot of expectations that people put on him way earlier than what they needed to. I remember when people were saying, oh, he's next LeBron or T-Mac. Whoa, relax. Let's see, let's see. With all the rookies that come in, I don't care who you are, from Zion to Luka to whatever. I'm like, let me see you play first. I got to see you play in the league first before I can really assess who it is that you're going to be because anybody can look good against some guys that's going to end up being plumbers and insurance salesmen by the time that they fully mature, right? Um, Moving forward, I always wanted Wiggins to not get traded for Kevin Love. I always wanted Wiggins to have that LeBron James next to him to show him, look, this is the level of what you're going to have to do to be able to be this good, right? Going to play in Minnesota, along with Carl Anthony Towns, kind of pushed him off in the limelight of like, you can just be as good as you want to be and still get that max contract deal because you're playing in Minnesota versus having the expectation of, no, they said you was going to be the next me and you're going to have to figure out your game alongside me, alongside Kyrie, while also, no, nah, I'm the older guy, you the younger guy, you go ahead and be Scottie Pippen and guard the other teams that's played. I always wanted that for him. And I thought that he might actually also get a chance of that being alongside Jimmy Butler, because I know Jimmy Butler as somebody that worked himself up from Juco to superstar now, he's going to say, if you ain't putting in the work, I'm going to call you out, which is what he did. It's still only one game, but we'll see what ends up happening now. Yeah, that, that, that's a good way of, of putting it because he, like he did lost out on probably arguably the greatest leader per se of the league to even learn from. But then to have Jimmy Butler and how that fiasco went down in Minnesota, you would think if anyone, Jimmy Butler would really be that guy for Andrew yeah. to, really, to really look up to, and especially when it comes to taking the ranks from yeah. that position. And it just seemed like it just flailed out. Like, do you, like, I wonder if the expectations really kind of derailed him mentally, potentially, when it comes to the development and growth of his game to the point where now he's in Golden State in a situation where at the time there's not much expectations because the team was doing so bad last year. And even mm-hmm. then, he had glimpses and moments, but it just seemed like he was never going. He never showed the uh, showed the promise that he you know that he once could have had when he entered the league. Yeah, I think at this point it's very much a thing of just want to. Like we know that Wiggins has all the physical tools to be able to make that happen, right? And even in the preseason, um, some of the games that I watched, he was being very assertive. He's being pretty aggressive, and I remember saying to myself, if he is this way. As the season goes on, they're going to be more dangerous because this is what can take him from being that 19, 20 point per game score to a 25, 26 per point game score by just being that aggressive consistently. But if he's going to be lackadaisical, you know, we probably should have never put those expectations. Well, let me not say we. Y'all probably should have never put them expectations on the way in which everybody did at that point. So it's still very early. It is game one. He was guarding Kevin Durant, which, you know, is, is obviously nobody knows how to be able to stop that man. But Wiggins is going to be looked at as that guy to, hey, you got to guard the other team's best player and still give us 20 to 25 on the other end. So it's either going to be it's going to happen or it's not. And right now, we've already said what it's looking like. So what do the Warriors have to do then moving forward to really boost their chances of getting back to that dynasty realm of, of those deep playoff runs. I mean, obviously, no, you can't, you can't get rid of the you know, unfortunate luck that they've had from injury perspective, but 
You know, yeah. you don't have a Kevin Durant there anymore. They're getting older. Andrew Wiggins, you know, right. hasn't fully stepped up to the plate as of yet. And that bench that they have, right. nowhere near what they had when they was during those during those playoff, those championship runs. So what do the uh, Warriors need to do right. so that way they don't necessarily have to rebuild but retool to get themselves into the into the better position playoff runs that they that we are accustomed to, especially within this decade. Well, I think a couple of things have to happen. One, first and foremost, Steph has to average 30 again. And I say that because you want Steph to show that dominance to be able to attract that same attention that he used to when Klay Thompson was there. Now, if he's able to do that, that's going to open up the floor for and Andrew Wiggins to be a bit more aggressive because now I can now open up my game a little bit more, right? Additionally, that's also going to help. He was averaging 18 a game. Now, if he's able to do that or just even add two more points on the 20 and find some consistency there, that's going to help him out a lot. Granted, Phoenix wasn't that good of a team last year. You know, they showed their they showed themselves in the bubble as being we're almost there. But being able to put up good stats on a bad team doesn't always mean you'll be able to put up those same stats on a good team. Right now, this is going to be Kelly's time to show if I can turn the corner and be that type of reliable guy, I can be a forward. Additionally, James Wiseman, he's going to have to take that step as well to say, the Warriors aren't really looking at Draymond for offense. That's not something, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not something that they're going to happen. If Wiggins isn't going to step up, if Ubre isn't going to step up, it's going to be on Wiseman to say, this is my time to shine now as I got to get all these rebounds. If I have a mismatch down low, I got to make sure to score on that. You know what? None of the offensive centers, let me not say none, but majority of the offensive centers, excuse me, majority of the centers that I play against in the league won't have the offensive skill set that I'll have. That's going to be a benefit to him to be able to uh, balance out what he's going to face on the opposite end of the floor. Yes, he has the tools to potentially be a top five center defensively and off offensively as well. But for now, just to adjust to the speed of the game, he's going to need to be able to find that confidence within himself on a nightly basis, which he did show somewhat in the uh, in the first game. Granted, most of his points ended up coming uh, against the second team and wasn't against DeAndre Jordan. But if he's able to push that out a little bit further, start the game to be more aggressive early on, that might help him and his confidence moving forward. He's going to be a big piece for them, um, especially being their, their basically franchise centerpiece moving forward. Additionally, the Brad, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore, yeah, they're not the big splash pieces of like a Sean Livingston or Leandro Barbosa or Mo Spates who are all leading with like maybe 10, 12, 13, 14 points per game here off the bench, right? But you're hoping that this is the time for them to grow into being those guys, right? All this year really is, especially after the Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson injury, it's an audition for when Clay comes back, Who's going to be on this team, right? You just want to get through this year of, all right, if Steph can give me 30, that's going to that's gonna help us out going into next year because right out the gate, that's going to help Clay ease back into who he needs to be, right? Now with Clay easing back into who he needs to be, maybe that also may help Wiggins become a little bit more of who he is. Granted, this is a lot of maybe who Wiggins might become, but it is what it is at this point in time, right? And now if you have... 
Curry averaging 30. If you have Clay easing back into that. If you have Wiseman, all right, maybe I can still get that 18 to 20 that he's been averaging so far throughout his career. That's going to make it so much easier on Wiseman. And now you look at it as you have four legitimate scores on offense that you can't really stop. And on the defensive end, Wiggins can guard your best player. Thompson can guard your best player. Green can guard your best player. And now Wiseman is going to be controlling the paint. And you'll be able to hide step enough to be able to, uh, to, be able to not be such a, a defensive sieve. So that's going to help them, especially moving into as LeBron is going to be, what, 36 next week, and he's going to be 37 uh, next year by that point in time when Clay comes back. That'll help them begin to say, all right, they get older over there. Maybe we still might have another run here. So all this year is for the Warriors is just, hey, Let's see if we get out of Wiggins, see if we get out of Oubre, see what Wiseman has for us. Hopefully Steph can average 30 and just get through the year healthy. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Melvin Taylor. Mel, I wish the Bulls can say the same thing. Yeah. But we, but, but it's a, right now it ain't looking too good. They, they had their first game against a very improved Atlanta Hawks team who made some big offseason splashes Definitely. this year. Definitely. And um, they, 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 and it showed. Um, they pretty much gave the Bulls a nice little butt whooping, and that they did. And the Bulls, you know, came out that first game laying an egg. So we all we all fig- pretty much knew that from a Bulls perspective, you know, with the new management, the new coach, um, and a very young team with you know with some that made a li- couple roster moves, but aside from drafting Patrick Williams, pretty much is the same as last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of knew this is like an audition year. It's a it's a try year to try out year to figure out what the Bulls really have moving forward so that the front office management can make the best moves needed to improve the team. But are we really that bad? I mean, a 40-point blowout (laughs) before, you know, the reserves came in and finished it off. I mean, are the the Bulls really that bad of a team, of a talented team that can't even, like, compete at least? Or is it just, you know, first game jitters, still trying to get used to the system, you know, long way to go type of thing. We'll see what happens at the end of the, end of the way or down the road. Man, um, I I hate to break it to you, but the Bulls probably are just going to happen to be that bad this, this year, man. When you look around the East and you really look and see, all right, who's going to be the terrible team this year? I was watching the Knicks last night thinking, honestly, R.J. Barrett might be able to score like 28, 20 to 23, maybe 24 a game. Right. So that's going to at least push them out of not being the absolute worst team in the East. When you went up, when you look around else, what Washington got Russell Westbrook. So they're going to get better. Um, Orlando, they all got together. They're going to be a little bit older. So they're going to be better. They were the AC. Charlotte might be the only other team where I'm thinking, okay, they could probably be the worst team in the East, but they have enough veterans to where they might be able to figure that out, right? And they're not relying on as many young players. Like, LaMelo Ball isn't even starting for them because Terry Rozier and Stephen Graham are two, I wouldn't say amazing, but they're two very good guards right now for them. Um, When you look at the Bulls, you still don't even know what you have. Like, yeah, you got Zach. And he, at absolute best, was having this conversation with somebody just yesterday. At Zach Levine's absolute best, he can be a very good number two guy at his absolute best. But if you look at it, he's been in bad situations. So you're going to have to unlearn a couple things to be able to get there and see, does he have that fire of, I'm putting up 27 a night, right? That's what we need to see from him. 
What you hope for Zach Levine is that he can be an amazing number three option on a good championship team. That's what you want him to be. When you look at this Bulls team, he's the number one option. <laughs> That's not going to cut it off the bat. It's not going to cut it. Who's the number two option? We don't know. Lowry? Don't know about that. Otto Porter Jr.? I mean, I'm on record saying I don't even know why that trade happened, but it is what it is. <laughs> Kobe White? I'm glad he's finally starting, but, you know, Trey Young was eating him alive last night. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr.? I need more than six points, bro. I'm going to need more than – apparently, wasn't he supposed to still be here in the gross part at some point in time? He still looked like he's 6'9". I need you to be 6'11 <laughs> and use them extra two inches you got, man. Like, I, I need you to do that. I will say, I was not a fan of the Patrick Williams draft. I was I was like, I'm. this isn't – that's not who I wanted, right? I, I honestly wanted them to trade – uh, I wanted them to trade number four and Wendell Carter to see if they could get number two to, uh, to get James Wiseman. But from what Patrick Williams has shown in preseason and thus far in this one game, I like his aggressiveness. I like him saying, you know what, I kind of got this little mid-range thing down. I'm like, all right, there might be something here at some point in time. Okay, cool. He can stay. Everybody else though, oh, man, look, it's just not looking good this year. It's not looking good at all. If, if Atlanta is one of the teams that I believe is going to be fighting for an AC, right? Because I think Charlotte may end up being around there. Orlando's probably still going to be around there. Washington ended up getting, ended up uh, being better. Uh, Miami's still going to be pretty good. Um, and when I look at the rest of the teams in the East, I'm like, obviously, you still got the Milwaukee's, the, the Indiana's, the Toronto's, the Boston's, Nets, um, so, so on and so forth. I'm probably forgetting a couple teams here and there. Um, if the Bulls just look this bad against Atlanta, who I don't think is going to make – who's fighting for AC, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's not looking good. It's not looking good. It, it's, it's Sure, some first game jitters. Uh, Billy Donovan still got to get the system implemented and see what it is that he actually has. I'm, I'm sure off of last night he sees it ain't much. But some of that also is just – this isn't a good collection of players in any way, shape, or form. Before any NBA team to be given Ryan Arthur-Arachno, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, buddy. But for him to be getting almost 20 minutes a game, it's not going to be it, man. It's not going to be it. Sorry. It's not going to happen at this point in time. So uh, they're going to be fighting for the number one pick. Put it that way. So let's just start looking in college to see who's going to be that guy and just start printing out the Bulls jersey right now. But that's but that's what that's a good thing. That's kind of a good thing though, because it's 21, 2021 class is kind of it's kind of deep. Oh, uh, and you know, hey, you know get... we say that we say that every year. We say that every <laughs> year. We say, you know, I, I find it hilarious now at this point that every single year we're always like, man, look, this draft class, like it, it's gonna look pretty good. It's gonna look pretty good. And then like a month before we get to the actual draft, is when people start being like. Well, you know what? It's it's kind of top heavy. It's it's really like we got the top five guys, and outside of that, I don't really know. And then we like a week out, it's like okay, it's really just top three, top three. Then, then we'll see. After that. <laughs> and then like the day before, when somebody happens to say, "I don't really watch film that much," <clears throat> Anthony Edwards. Then we're kind of <laughs> like, all right, well, maybe it just might be a two player, one player. Maybe somebody might be good in this draft, but. I do hear what you're saying. Like, all jokes aside, I do hear what you're saying. 
Um, this upcoming draft class might be one of the deepest that we've had in the past couple of years, you could say. I'm, I'm not willing to go as far as like the 03 or the 96 or anything like that, right? But um, it could end up being a very, very good draft class. Um, and right now, the Bulls just need to go ahead and send out all these scouts and say, look, stay at home and watch all the film that you can to see who we can get with this number one pick because that's where they headed with efforts like what they gave last night. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. So with that being said, then obviously we know Kobe White transit is like it's the transit. He's playing a transition role now. Like he's going from the scoring point guard that we know he is, but he's really playing a two guard to actually facilitating an offense, which is gonna take time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I kind of have some hope in that just because Mo Cheeks is there. You know, the guidance of Mo Cheeks, him actually playing the point guard position. He coached, you know, superstar point guards and Chris Paul and uh, Russell Westbrook, just like Billy Donovan did. Billy Donovan played the point guard role as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that Kobe has that mentorship relationship with Chris Paul. Um, mm-hmm. I think those components were, even though if it doesn't happen this year, maybe at least within the next year or two, as he still gets to get his feet wet under in the NBA, he can eventually develop a role where he may not be a seven to eight to nine, 10 assist player, but he can run, he can control the offense. He can control the right plays and he can still give you maybe 20 and like five, you know, that's something that can keep the bulls afloat. You know, Do you see I, that possibility happening. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I think that the connection with Chris Paul would be much more meaningful if Chris was on this team. I think a lot of the, the credit that we get to Billy Donovan for last year is on the back of just how good Chris Paul actually is. Because if you take him off of that team, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as what they were, right? Um, in terms of Kobe, I do think that similar to the Patrick Williams situation, granted, Patrick was drafted by this new front office, right? So he's good no matter what happens. I think Kobe is in a point now of where because he's so young and because he showed so many good flashes last year, he has an extra maybe year, extra season of being able to say, let me get my feet under me being the actual starting guy now. And then next year should really be that trial year for me to see, am I going to be the guy here moving forward as a point guard long term? Now, and what he was able to show as a shooter and scorer last year, I do think he could be uh, an 18 to 21 point per game score. And I'll give him a little bit more credit to say, I think that averaging seven assists a game should be where he's at. Being able to get you 21 and seven should be a consistent thing for him based on the standpoint of his shooting is going to be good enough to where defenders are going to have to play up on him. And with his speed and quickness, he should be able to get by enough guys to give you a couple drop passes here and there. And then also just running an offense should give you three to maybe four more assists throughout the game, right? I think that's something that he could do. I think Maurice Cheeks would be a, a great benefit to him. Um, in a sense that, hey, you know what? I've seen enough good point guards in the league and I've played enough good point guards in the league to where I can show you a few tricks of the trade um, here and there. But a lot of that is still also going to ride on who he has around him and how comfortable he's going to be within the offense. And unless Zach Levine, like I was saying before, unless he comes out nightly and says, I feel disrespected, I need 27 a game, right? That's going to help open up the offense some more for Kobe. And at the same point, unless Lowry or Wendell are also going to come out and say, I'm pretty good on the offensive end as well, which will also help to make the game easier on Kobe. 
then it's going to make it more difficult. So is it possible for Kobe? 100%. I do hope that he can be the guy because I see a lot of good problems in him. But I need you to play a little bit better than giving up 37 to Trey Young. I need, I need, I need a little bit more than that. So, yeah. Not bad. Not, not bad analysis. Not bad on that. I, I think I, I think you do make a good point about the fact that at the end of the day, Zach got to show up, G. Once Zach shows up and becomes a player that he can, that we know he can be, you're right. He could be a good number two option. Um, but Bulls need a superstar at the end of the day. They need, so, they need to bring someone in there to flip that whole script. And so yeah. this year may not be the year, but next year when we have more cap space, when hopefully we can have more solidity as far as the direction we're going to go. You know, maybe we can steer some people and steer some things around to get change, even or even more change than we already got uh, within that yeah. front office. But let's I think that, uh, just real quick before we transition, this might be the the time. I think we may end up getting around late January, early February, just saying, what's the best thing that you can get on the market for, for Zach at this point in time? Because if it's, if Zach gives you what he gave you last night, on a consistent basis, sure, that's good. But that should also be good enough to get you something else where you're going to get a little bit more energy than what you get. Because if we being completely honest, we know that Zach overall didn't really want to be in Chicago. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed the restricted offer to go be a Sacramento King, right? And even from last year at the All-Star break, when he was saying, it be cool to guys such as LeBron or AD on a team like that. Right. Granted, the, the Laker fan in me is like, oh, great, cool. Go get Zach Levine. <laughs> but the, the basketball fan in me is saying, if you're mentioning other players by name that you want to go play with, you clearly don't want to be where you are right now. It's a different situation with Giannis in the sense that he's two-time MVP defensive player of the year. You can do that and be like, yeah, of course I want other help because I'm trying to win a championship. Zach Levine, you trying to score 25 a game. Like, that's what, we, that's what the Bulls need out of you at that point in time. So I think it would be best for everybody involved if you start getting closer to the trade deadline and seeing what they'll be able to get for Zach. And I think it's a similar situation as well for Lowry. I don't like the whole, all right, cool, he's going to be a restricted free agent and we'll see what he ends up getting. Yeah, he's got to play hard this year to be able to earn that contract. Why are you even going through that? Because clearly if y'all don't want him here, you're like, oh, yeah, prove to us what you got. Why not just see what you can get for him at this point in time? Because you don't want to go through another situation like what you did with Zach, where, all right, I'm going to sign an office sheet somewhere else. I want to go. And then you match it because, oh, you had a good year, and we think you can be good for us moving forward. Let's just see what you can get for him right now. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to the host of the alternative radio show, Mr. Melvin Taylor. Mel, let's transition to some Christmas stuff because at the end of the day, you know, there is still some giving this season, even though we're <laughs> in a pandemic. And yes. the NBA is giving us another year of nonstop entertainment. Um, shout out to James Harden. Sh- yes, shout out to James Harden for real. <laughs> but I, luckily, thank God, at least he's not, real, he's not playing on Christmas. So we're good. He can spend Christmas to chill in quarantine. Oh, um, I, I, need, I need that dude to just sit down somewhere. But please, let's go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we got five games, man. We got five games. First game starting off with the Pelicans versus the Heat. Um, yeah. Obviously, you got to get the Zion Williamson effect in there, especially since, you know, even though he only played less than half of a season, dude yeah. still balled out and averaged almost 23 a game. 
Uh, so we, mm-hmm. Duke and Duke and filling up Duke and sco- the Duke and score and the Pelicans made uh, changes this offseason as well after trading away Drew Holiday they yeah. fired Alvin Gentry and brought in Stan Van Gundy and might I add Lonzo Ball has a jump shot now uh, man Lonzo been working man Lonzo been working. Been working. I'm excited I'm excited man I'm a, I'm a big supporter of the Ball family so I want I want them all to do well so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that Lonzo yeah, you can turn it around and shit. But please keep going with your question, bro. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Lonzo Ball's been he, – he's, he he's been improving on his jump shot, and this new Republicans team has some promise. But at the same time, you got the defending NBA Finals runner-ups in the, in the Miami Heat. Yeah. And, you know, they may, they've they maintained, and they're, and they're just as hungry, a hungry Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back Goran Dragic, and they still got Tyler Hero, uh, you know, Duncan Robinson. They brought back Bam Adebayo on an extension. So, uh, or as Kendra Perkins would say, "Bam out of the bayou." But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Perkins something else on TV. That's a whole other conversation, man. Definitely, but yeah. between this game, what is the key components that you are going to be looking out for? Uh, the main thing I'll be looking out for is how how well is Miami going to be able to adjust to only having seventy one days off, uh, similar to what the Lakers are going to go through, right? Uh, you have the shortest off-season turnaround of all time. Granted, the Lakers, uh, excuse me, the Heat have much younger players than what the Lakers do in the sense that they can rely on. But in terms of their stars, like with Jimmy Butler, I know he's a rough, rigged, yo, I'm bringing my lunch bill to work every day type of guy. At what point in time is that going to start showing itself and being like, man, I'm kind of tired. Same thing with Driver. He's in his, you know, he's going into his mid-30s at this point. Still uh, very much a key component of this team maybe you need to see a little bit more of the younger guys just to be able to get them through the season uh, but that's a little bit more uh further out than just what we're going to get in this specific game i think for this game the primary key is how good is zion gonna look on a nightly basis like i need to know are you gonna play more than 30 minutes a game are you in actual game shape can you now show us your know, 23 game and spot minutes last year wasn't a fluke I can do that on a nightly basis because I'm of the camp that I'm worried about. All right. This is a lot of force he's putting on this body for not being um, for not being anywhere near 6'9", 6'10", and being at, at, at the 6'7", 6'6", uh, kind of range. Is that going to be able to hold up? But uh, with Miami, with Miami and the Pelicans, I think Bam and Zion is going to be a very good matchup to be able to watch to see on both ends of the floor how Bam is going to be able to guard him and then how Zion is going to be able to guard him. I think Zion will have an easier time because Bam's offensive game isn't as expansive as what Zion's is. So um, I think uh, Zion may be able to get the edge, so to speak, once you get there. And then once you get to, uh, I guess, the next kind of matchup that I'm looking at is going to be Jimmy Butler versus Brandon Ingram, who Brandon Ingram is looking to show. Look, guys, yeah, I'm giving y'all 27 tonight, no matter who I'm playing. You know, I'm excited to see to see that matchup because Brandon is a very underrated defender. Um, I don't think he gets the credit in which he should get on that end of the floor. And we know while Jimmy Butler can be an offensive threat, he's more so a facilitator, playmaker, and then going to get his buckets when he feels he needs to keep the offense going at that point in time. So that'll be something interesting to see. But outside of that, it's going to be who's going to be that third guy on New Orleans to really step up? Is it going to be Alonzo Ball? Is it going to be J.J. Redick? Is it going to be an Eric Bledsoe? It's kind of a rotation of guys at that point in time. So it's going to be who's going to be that third guy 
versus on Miami, we know it's either going to be Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, or Gordon Drogic. So out of those matchups there, that third matchup is really going to be key. If, if New Orleans can play good, consistent defense and keep any of those three guys like below 15, they might be able to win this uh, win this game out. But if Duncan, Tyler, or, uh, or Drogic end up getting hot, you might as well call the curtains early on for New Orleans. Okay. Okay. I feel you. I feel you. I, I'm more, I'm definitely going to be checking out for me. The biggest thing is Zion Williamson, how he comes out to play. Um, that's probably going to be the top matchup I'm going to pay attention to. And I think defensively who holds down the best opponent um, from a, especially from that low post per, per perspective in Miami can hold Zion down. They're most likely going to win the game. If Zion goes off, I don't know. You may be in a tougher game than, 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 than what they're expecting. Who do you, yeah. who do you have winning the game though? Ooh, good question. Good question. I think it's going to come down to the wire, and I think Miami's going to pull it out by by about two points. But I think it's going to be a very, very close game because while both teams are in very different positions in terms of their conference um, alignment, um, I think that, you know, it being Christmas, it being Zion's first time to be like, let me really show you all what I got on a, on Christmas Day. And at the same time, Brandon Ingram saying, yo, I'm – Y'all not gonna forget about me. Like I get the Zion, I get all the attention, but I'm good. I'm good too. Um, they're gonna show up, and at the same time, I think Miami wants to prove to everybody that last season wasn't fluke. That they, yo, know, we're on the national stage, first day of Christmas, first game of Christmas. We want to come out with a bang and show y'all that this heat culture actually means something. Um, I think Miami will end up pulling it out by two. But um, another thing I do want to add before we end up transitioning to the next game. I also think that if at any point in time James Harden is actually offered to the Miami Heat, that Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley need to drive Tyler Hero to the airport and make that trade. <laughs> hey, I hope you hear that because you may not last at this point, my brother. <laughs> we got the Warriors and the Bucks next. Your your your, your Warriors that you're covering, they're playing the Bucks. Uh, you know that's that's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yo, just don't have a blowout. I don't want a blowout, man. It's Christmas. Right. <laughs> it's the 2.30 game. Like, I know that's the, like, hey, everybody, this is the time exchange gifts now game. Like, oh, just just don't make it a blowout. That's what I'm mostly hoping for. But realistically, um, going back to some of the points that I had earlier, I'm really looking for Steph. Uh, I need you to be, like, ultra aggressive at every single point in time. Like, I, I don't want you to go through any half of the game without having taken at least 15 shots. Like, I want Steph Curry to have 90s Michael Jordan shot attempt numbers. Like, if you got 47 shots that game, then that's what you needed to do to make sure the game was in your hands. Like, I, I want Steph badly to have a MVP type of season to showcase, yo, my two-time MVPs wasn't just because we were an amazing team and I had another all-time shooter next to me. It's because I really am that guy. And I, deep down, I do believe he could be that. But he's going to need to be as aggressive as what he needs to be to be able to make that happen. Um, additionally, I want Andrew Wiggins to be more assertive. I want him to be more aggressive to show I was worth that number one pick back in 2014. Granted, yeah, was a long time ago, but I am worth that. So let me show you all why I ended up getting this money. And I'm also excited to see um, how James Wiseman is going to continue to improve throughout the season. On the Milwaukee end of things, uh, I, you know, I was upset that Giannis missed that I was like, oh, okay, we're going into overtime. And when he missed it, I was like, whoa, okay, this is interesting. But I do very much enjoy the 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 interesting dynamic that Drew Holiday brings to their team and being like, yes, 
he may not be the playmaker that he was in uh, his earlier days in New Orleans and that he was in Philadelphia. But he certainly is, yo, if I need to get to the bucket, I got my left and right hand and I can use either one. You need somebody to, all right, cool, offense is getting stagnant, give it to me. I'm going to get here or at the same time if somebody's diving to the basket, I can get them on a nice assist here. Uh, I think that he adds a very interesting dynamic to, to their offense that they're going to utilize a lot. Um, ultimately, I think Milwaukee is going to win this game. Um, and I'm just hoping that it's closer than what it was in the Brooklyn Nets game. <laughs> yeah, I think, but the thing for me that I'm really going to pay attention to, aside from everything you just mentioned, was the emergence of Chris Middleton. Because Chris Middleton, you know, regular season, he can ball. But, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to that postseason, dude's MIA. He, he's not that number two guy to go to for me if he's Milwaukee wants to get that done. Yeah, he's, he's, that Paul, he's that Paul George category. Uh, I, I mean, I really kind of look at them similar in the sense of being like, you know, yeah, y'all had y'all one good game in the playoffs last year. But in order for your team to go where the expectations are, you have to have this on a nightly basis. And if you're not showing that, then what is the point? Like, why are you getting paid this money? Why are you here? You need to be uh, moved around for another piece. And for Chris Middleton, he has it there. I wish he could turn it on as much as I'm. A, this is a little throwback, not that, not that very, not that far. But I wish he could have it on a nightly basis, like sort of a Michael Red had at one point in time being in Milwaukee. But he's got to be that. Yo, I'm officially the well, not officially, he is, but I'm nightly the number two guy. And uh, I mean, look. You got Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins guarding you. This is the best time to be able to showcase that you can do that. And if you can't do it now, that bug probably gonna go back to just playing your 30 minutes a game. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely see. And the next game after that is the game I'm most intrigued about, which is the Nets and the Celtics, just because you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie in that first game, a good commentary against the Warriors. They looked awesome together right. on the court. That offense is very is very much like the like the Phoenix Suns of old, mm-hmm. with that run and gun offense and shoot the ball in six seven seconds. But mm-hmm. you know, with the talent that they have, it should be able, they're, they're doing it with effort. It's pretty much effortless, effortlessly under Steve Nash. And to have that compared with the Boston Celtics and what they got going on there with the still the big three of uh, you know Kemba Walker, J- Jason mm-hmm. Tatum, and Jalen Brown, the emergence of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together is what's going to be a very intriguing matchup to see against when it comes to guard against Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant. I think those are the biggest things for me that I'm going to pay attention to. What about you? Man, I'm glad you brought up the emergence of Jalen Brown because I was having a conversation before the game yesterday that with Gordon Hayward being gone, Boston is now going to turn to a Jalen Brown and say, hey, now we need you to officially be our number two guy. Um, not to say that that was in question you know, last year, uh, it's it's something that, you know, you would always expect Jalen to have better games than Gordon, but now on a nightly basis, the same way that everyone looks at Jason Tatum as he's eventually going to be a top five player, they need to look at Jalen Brown as you're going to on a nightly basis be relied on as, all right, you're going to get us 20 and then also play amazing defense on the other end, right? I think that Boston – um, it's going to have a, uh, it's going to have a couple of fits being able to figure out what to do with Kevin Durant. Now I think on the Kyrie aspect of things, they have enough guys to throw at him. Not saying that they're going to stop him at any point in time, but they definitely got enough guys to throw at him. Um, 
I want to say that Brooklyn is going to be able to pull this out. I, I know that's not controversial. I'm just very much a Boston is in an interesting space of if Jalen Brown isn't going to be that reliable, are they going to regress this season? And if Kimbit isn't going to be healthy, are they going to regress this season? And if you got to allow Marcus Smart to give you 17 a game, you definitely might regress a little bit this season. So show up on the big stage. Show up in the big stage. They've been able to do that. Let me see you do that against this team that y'all might be fighting it out to see who ends up going to the finals come uh, come playoff time. So this will be a good test for them early on. I think Brooklyn will be able to pull this out. Uh, I think they'll probably end up going on a stretch at some point in time that just might show, hey, we're going to be that dominant all the time. But um, I think Brooklyn's going to pull this one out. But don't be surprised that if Boston is a top two team in the East, Jason Tatum might get some MVP conversation. Okay. Hot takes on the In The Scope podcast. That's what I'm talking about, Mel. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. That's what I'm talking about. But we're going to transition now to the Clippers and Nuggets because we we know how that fiasco went last year um, in the bubble. And this is a revenge game for them. This is a revenge game. For the Clippers to show that, yeah, last last year was not was was a fluke, but no, this is who we really are now. You got rid of Doc Rivers, you brought in Ty Lue, who has already made tremendous changes to that offense that looked really good against the Lakers. Sorry, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's all good. We took the night off. We got the got the rings. It was like, oh, we chill. We good. <laughs> but yeah, and but on, and on top of that, you know. I think because of the changes that are being made and what they went through, Paul George is finally realizing that, okay, I can't do this no more. I just signed this, this bag. You know, I, everybody's going to be on my ass for a little bit, so I need to make sure that right. I'm good, you know. Right. And, and because of that, why not do it against the team that literally took y'all out of the playoffs and that, from the 3-1 lead that you blew? And yeah. now you go to the Nuggets side, Nuggets – you know, they pretty much brought everybody back. I think Jeremy Grant was a huge loss for them. Um, but at the same time, that's why you got Bowl Bowl. That's why you have Michael Porter Jr. Uh, being, uh, you know, slowly but surely uh, getting better on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. If you, yeah. I want to see how they're going to continue throughout the season, especially if Jamal Murray's going to take that next step to be an mm-hmm. all-star caliber point guard that we know he can be and has shown in the bubble. Because I think that's mm-hmm. the only way the Denver Nuggets gonna get past the second, even the second round this year, with the West being yeah. so loaded. What are your thoughts? Man, uh, I think you bring up uh, a variety of great points. Before I even get to anything on the Clippers end of things, uh, I do want to talk about Denver first and say I think Jeremy Grant was a huge loss, but you would expect for what you um, want Michael Porter Jr. to end up becoming to 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 kind of replace that, and especially on the offensive end. Defensive end, it's going to take a little bit more time, but especially on the offensive end, um, I think Michael Porter Jr. would be able to do a good job of giving you what you would lose in Grant. Um, additionally, yeah, hey, Jamal Murray, all right, we've seen how hot you can get. Can you do that for the full season? Because last night, y'all kind of you, you needed that a little bit more because you shouldn't. It was a crazy ending to the Sacramento Kings game that they had, but for you guys being a potential top three team in the West, I don't want you losing to the Sacramento Kings on the two-point buzzer beater, crazy tip-in at the end of the game. I get things happen, first game of the season, all of that, but Luke Wall is their head coach, and I've seen enough of that. Like, y'all shouldn't be losing that game. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's going to be really Jamal Murray. You know, we need to see that consistency. Be who you wear in the bubble throughout this full season and show, yo, I'm that guy. 
because we know how good Jokic is. Are you going to be that one to his 1B or 1A? Y'all switch, flip-flop. Let's see what's going on there. And I like the fact that you brought up um, Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull. But the thing is, and, and that's similar to the, to the Bud situation in Milwaukee, is Mike Malone going to play them enough for them to be able to, to showcase that? Because we know with younger players sometimes, Mike Malone is like, yeah, you good, but no, nah, like don't sit down somewhere. <laughs> and, and you know, they, they need to be brought into the team a little bit more. We need to see that chemistry between them for them to have anywhere near the sort of run that they had last year. Because as you mentioned, the West is already so loaded and so deep. On the Clippers end of things, I don't like how much older they got. I understand Nicholas Batum, if you bring him in, this is a very good defensive player. I understand Serge Ibaka, very good defensive player. But when I look at their starting lineup, correct me if I'm wrong, is Paul George the youngest, or Kawhi might be the youngest starter that they have in that lineup at that point in time? And Kawhi, you're going to have to lean on Paul George giving you what he gave you against the Lakers because we know now Kawhi ain't going to play every single game throughout the season, right? That's just not going to happen because his body may not be able to hold that up. Now, should that take him out of certain conversations for being the best player in the league? I think so, but I'm in a minority <laughs> on that. Um, with Paul George, you, you're back fully healthy now. You're not off the double shoulder surgery like you had before. You had that all season of, of all the jokes, of all the PG-13 slander and whatnot that everybody been making, Paul way off P, all of that. So now we need you to show us on a nightly basis here, yo, I'm, I'm, there's a reason they gave me all this money. There's a reason I'm getting paid more than Anthony Davis right now. Right, like they really believe me. I want to be a Clipper for life, even though every time Paul George says that he's going to a new team the next year, I want to be a Clipper for life. Let's see what ends up happening there. Um, I do think that the Clippers will be able to pull this out, but as the season progresses, I really don't like the fact that they got older and they're going to have to rely so much more on Patrick Beverly, so much more on Serge Ibaka. You're going to have to rely heavily on Nicholas Batum. You gave Marcus Morris what, like 64 million? I don't know why. I really don't understand that, especially when at times you you can clearly see him looking off. Paul George is open. Kawhi is open. But my jump shot is open. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No, not, not to that point. Not at all. Not at all. Not to that point. So it'll be interesting to see how they end up progressing through the year, especially since now they're going to be running the triangle offense since that's what Kawhi uh, wanted to run. Um, I think they're going to end up pulling this game out. I think Denver still has to figure out a couple more chemistry things and the Clippers being able to lean back on the fact that, you know, we all played this game long enough to be able to know how this works. We're going to be able to be good in our different spurts. Uh, I think they'll be able to pull that one out. Yeah. Not to mention at the same time for the Clippers component, they don't have, a, they don't have a point guard. I mean, I, I know you got Patrick Beverly, but he. Yeah. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams just not doing it. What they need to do. And uh, I've heard like, I don't think, um, Charlotte will do it anytime soon, especially after the night that Terry Rozier had last night. But whatever the Clippers still got left in the cabinet to be able to get Terry Rozier is what they should do. Granted, they gave all that up to be able to go get Paul George. But you want a dynamic score like that who can also still facilitate to be able to help take your team over the next level. As much as they did want Rondo, I don't think Rondo was that guy enough to say he's going to get you throughout the entire season of being able to do that. Plus, I don't think a, a a guard lineup of Rondo, Beverly, and Lou Williams is going to be able to make that happen. I think Rozier is young enough, dynamic enough, has the exuberance, and can still give you, you know, I guess 40 sometimes to be able to say, 
I can add to where this team actually needs it. But not having a point guard is definitely going to hurt them. I think Paul George could do a decent job of being a facilitating playmaker. But again, going back to Kawhi not being there on a nightly basis, he's going to have to rely more on his scoring ability. And now you're looking at Nicholas Batum or Luke Kennard or Marcus Morris as being that other facilitator, and that's not going to cut it. So I think in this game, the Clippers will be able to pull it out. But moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how the season ends up. And of course, last but not least, I decided to beat to do you a favor and leave your favorite team for last. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> we got the Mavs and the Lakers, the defending champs. You know, they finally got their rings, and nope. yeah, they they got their gold rings, and now they're about to prepare for another journey. And what they did this offseason to me is just unfair because mm. they just they didn't even like they just reloaded with they just went from like a pistol to a machete to a machine gun in like a matter of months <laughs> just because of all the moves that they made. And, you know, LeBron, they're on the verge of getting another run. They're secured long-term. They got AD long-term. LeBron signed for another at least two years. Yeah. So they ready, they ready and locked them loaded to go prepare for another championship. And But on Dallas' side, you got that young boy in Luka, who, mm. dude, is a killer. Yeah. And he is, he's in, you know, he, Dallas has found their man. Their mm-hmm. next Dirk Nowinski, per se, as far as the long-term solution to keep this team afloat and relevant. Fair. And with them being on the rise, you know, they can they can make this game pretty competitive to, I don't know, I doubt they'll win, but mm-hmm. they can make this game pretty competitive and at least start the comp- even start even more the conversation of Luka showing signs of maybe, uh, you know, putting his name in the ring for that MVP race. What do you yeah. think? I think, uh, and you know what, uh, before I get to anything on the Lakers side, I'm leaving it for last, just as you mentioned. Uh, I definitely would start with Dallas and Dallas is in an interesting situation for me right now. Right. Because I thought that losing Seth Curry hurt them a lot. And the reason that I say that is because while Seth Curry, everybody knows him as a shooter and that's what he is at his absolute best. Right. But when you really break down his game and watch it, he's also somebody that, yeah, he can come off curls and screens. Yeah. He can shoot well from the outside. He can also get to the basket at a better rate than what you think he did, what you think he can. That helps to stretch out and open up the Mavericks offense so much because with Luca as a primary ball handler, right? Yes, he can get to the basket. Yes, he can shoot, but he likes to rely a little bit more on I'm gonna take that step back, I'm gonna shoot on the outside, than going to the basket as much as what, say for example, a younger LeBron did, which allowed his game to be able to open up so much. Now, with the other starters that they had. Tim Hardaway Jr. ain't going to the basket like that anymore. Josh Richardson, he's going to have to grow into being that guy of, yeah, I can shoot on the outside, but I'm also going to be that slasher that's going to help to open up the offense some. And last night against Phoenix, they kind of struggled with that. When, that, when Luka took a little bit, it took, a, it took a, I want to say maybe the first two quarters or so for him to really get going into the fashion that we know him to be. And not having Porzingis there and having to shoulder that expectation for so long might throw off some of those MVP talks that we were all saying that he should have. Now, granted, a lot of that was due to, yo, if Porzingis is there, then that opens that door for him. But if he's not, it's going to be hard for Luka, especially how how tough this West is going to be. Can Dallas get to a 4-5 or seed if Porzingis is going to miss a lot of time? And now I'm not having an MVP consideration for somebody to send a 6 seed. That's not going to happen. So they got a lot to figure out going into this season. Uh, but I think that on Christmas Day, 
you know, Luca probably, I mean, let's be honest, probably took a little bit easy in saying, all right, it's Phoenix. We got the Lakers on Friday. It's Christmas. Yeah, all right, let's just get through this game and let's see what happens. And I think he'll be able to show up um, come Friday. I think he'll do the same. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. will do the same. I think you'll get a little bit more out of uh, James Johnson and um, Josh Richardson uh, as well. Um, but keep that in mind going through this season that because they don't have anybody that's that dynamic slasher that's getting to the basket, even though Seth Curry wasn't, he did enough to be able to help maximize what they had on the offensive end. Um, they're they're going to be missing that right now, especially with Porzingis not being there to take some of that attention away and help set a, a lethal pick and roll for uh, for him and Luca. On the Lakers side of things, 100%, they did, in my opinion, had the best offseason thus far, being able to retool, reload, and be able to move forward. On the defensive end, they are going to be lacking a little bit. One thing that I did not like that they did is get rid of Jordan Bell. I like Jordan Bell because I still want a young, active center on the Lakers roster for, okay, cool. You got AD and you got Mark out there. One of them getting foul trouble. Yeah, you put my trez out there. Outside of that, now I'm looking at uh, the other Antetokounmpo brother, and I'm looking at Babcock and saying, all right, y'all are the only two other big guys that are out there that can be thrown out for when you need another uh, another center. As much as I like y'all, cool, yeah, you contributed to the championship last year. Have y'all progressed enough to be able to give me meaningful minutes out there when I need you in that way? Jordan Bell is somebody that, yeah, he's played for the Cavaliers before, but people know his name from being with the Warriors and being able to provide a couple good solid minutes here and there. So I thought at that point in time, look, Giannis already signed his extension. Might be time for his little brother to go ahead and, and take that flight out to Milwaukee because they know Milwaukee goes treat him right and, and keep Jordan Bell at this point in time. But they didn't do that. It made me think they're probably going to give one of those two guys a chance or there might be somebody in free agency that they're like, let's just get to – uh, close enough to the playoffs, and then we'll sign somebody that we can bring in to help out. But I think Jordan Bell would have been somebody that should have kept at that point. Um, moving on, I think that for them, it's just going to be chemistry, finding the right pacing with one another, getting to play with it, getting to play with one another enough. Because if I'm if I'm LeBron, I've made it a point in saying to everybody I've had this conversation with, I'm not taking LeBron seriously until February. Because at this point, like I mentioned before, he's going to be 36 next week. We know what we're getting out of him. This is Anthony Davis' time to say, it's time for me to step up and be that MVP guy. It's time for me to step up and say, ain't nobody in the, can't nobody in this league hold me. Can't nobody in the league guard me. I should have got a physical player of the year last year. Now I'm going to go get that and MVP this year. That's what he needs to step up and do on a, uh, on a nightly basis. And when you look at the different acquisitions they brought in, maybe Danny Green and Wesley Matthews might not be who they used to be in terms of defending and three-point shooting. But paying Wesley Matthews a lot less than what I was paying Danny Green, so you keep that, right? But with Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell, looking at what they had last year and saying, with LeBron sitting down, right, and with there needing to be some offense on the floor whenever uh, AD is probably sitting down next to LeBron and when they have their couple minutes of being both not being on the floor, you need the offense to keep going because you're, you're still pushing Kuzma in an Andrew Wiggins sort of sense, but the expectation isn't there because he wasn't the number one pick. You're still pushing Kuzma to say, yo, we need that 18 a game that you were showing us before. We need that now, right? Now that you're not playing the four position and you're getting uh, bullied down low, now that you're in the three, we need you as that three man to give us that 
uh, perimeter scoring and to be that slasher towards the basket at times, right? So with him on the floor, with Montrez and Dennis running the pick and roll, you want that to kind of be the offensive flow to keep things going and to, of course, still include Alex Caruso. Bring on Taylor Horton Tucker, one of Simeon's finest who's out there showcase, showcasing what he's got at that point in time. I think that with them, like I said before, it's just a lot of chemistry. They're going to get a lot of time together. And you got to figure it out on the fly because by the time the playoffs come, the ball's going to go back into LeBron and AD's hands. So right now, get what you can get now. Know where you can pick and choose your spots because when the lights turn on and they start shining real bright, you know who the ball's going to go to and you know that, all right, I found my spot enough to be ready when my time is called. That's one thing that made KCP so good. Yeah, you had your past couple of years of, all right, I got the ball a lot. I'm getting the ball a little bit less. Now I'm a spot player and I need to be a star in my role. KCP now knows these are my spots. I got to be ready in those when LeBron and AD want me. And when they're not on the floor, now is my time to really shine to be that guy. That's what Dennis and Montrez are going to have to learn throughout this year. So, yeah. Well, before we transition to um, the, the final segment of our of the show, I, mm-hmm. I just got to put it out there. Your boy LeBron only knows how to win with Chicago talent. I just got to put it out there. He only he, he went yeah, with Dwayne. Hold on, hold on. Who was who was from Chicago on the Cavaliers team? Who am I forgetting? Iman Shumpert. Okay, All you right. can't forget Shump. That's fair. I forgot about. It. Okay, that's fair. See, that's okay. what I'm saying. Your boy knows. Hey, you. man, look, I'm, I'm with it. I'm 100% with it. Hey, tell LeBron, hey, bro, look, the Spring Hill Productions hit me up, bro. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you trying to catch Kobe and win some uh, Oscars and Emmys with, with Chicago talent? What's up, bro? But no, I feel that. I feel that, man. Uh, AD, yo, this is his time. Step up, step up and be that guy. Taylor Horton Tucker, man, from, from, watching, uh, from watching him at Simeon all the way up to watching him at Iowa State and then watching him now, he's progressed so very much and I'm so glad for that it's going to be key for him now to to prove every time he gets out there he's just got to stay aggressive because that's the one thing that's going to keep him on the floor don't be lax and saying all right let me run the offense a little bit that ain't your role your role is for you to go out there and score because why because you are auditioning right now for when the bronze contract is up right who's going to be that second guy when AD is there maybe Taylor Horst Tucker's uh, ceiling isn't that second guy Maybe he's that really good third guy that I was mentioning earlier that Zach Levine would be on a team such as this, right? Maybe that could be his role. He could grow into that role. Some people may look at, yo, this, this is only his second year. Of course, it's only his second year. Maybe by year four, year five, he might be that at that point. But right now, they need to see from you, you're always going to be aggressive when you're out there. So that'd be good for him. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? That Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Mel Taylor. Mel um, transition into your career because you've been making some pretty big moves, my man. You, oh, you get your show, you getting sponsorships, YouTube is going crazy. Like, talk yeah, about, t- talk to our audience about all the things you got going on right now and what you and what you've been uh, doing uh, with your career, especially even especially now that you're also an actor as well. I, I got to put that out that you out here acting in plays and films and stuff. I mean, you know, what I mean, I got I got to see you on the, on, the, on, the, on the screen in the movie. Man, appreciate that. Appreciate so, that. That's yeah, talk, I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, tell your audience about what's, what you got going on, man. Yeah, man, that's what, I, that's what I'm shooting for right now. That's the, that's the ultimate goal, to be like, all right, we got it. It's cool. We on, the, we on the smaller screens. Now we need to take it to the silver screen, as they said. Let's, let's take it another level up. But no, man, uh, for as, as crazy as a year as 2020 has been, and we can all say it's been one hell of a crazy year, right? Um, it's also been very good to me, and I'm very appreciative and very thankful 
for this year because it's really uh, opened up a lot of opportunities that would not have been present for me had the year been as normal as uh, as it usually is, right? Um, and of those opportunities, you know, um, um, was able to be in a, in a couple of different films that I, I can't necessarily speak about just yet in terms of what my roles were in those, but um, I'm, I'm very thankful to, to have those opportunities, right? But on a, on a more personal sense of what I'm doing um, with my radio show, we, we have a partnership with Red Pocket Mobile where, look, hey, we understand that sometimes these phone companies are hitting you all over the head with these prices. Come on over here to Red Pocket Mobile. Let's figure out a situation where you could be paying for a plan as low as $5 a month. Hey, we, we got some unlimited plans over there, too. And uh, why not? You know, it's just a, another bill that we can help to alleviate for a lot of people that are going through it right now, especially when the government is like, take y'all a little $600 and move on. So you, you, you definitely need to be able to save some money where you can. And with Red Pocket Mobile and the All Mail Radio Show, we're definitely helping people to be able to do that. Um, with the podcast, the Alternative Road Podcast, I take a lot of the conversations that I have on the radio show and I turn those into a podcast where I talk to people about not only what it is that they do, but what is their version of success, right? LeBron's level of success looks different than what Will Smith's level of success is, right? And Denzel Washington's version of success looks different than what Samuel Jackson's version of success is or what Bill Gates' version of success is or what Elon Musk's version of success was. I want to talk to people about what does success look like to you specifically? And what is your pathway to be able to get there? Are you on that pathway? Are you taking the steps to being able to get there? And what are some of the things that you learned that can help out the next person that's trying to figure out what their version of success looks like to them? So those are all the kinds of, excuse me, those are all the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. And uh, DistroKid, just so happened to uh, have a conversation with me and say, hey, you know what? You get a lot of uh, music artists, um, people that listen to your radio show, but conversely, they also listen to the podcast because they want to hear what other people have had to say about, you know, what it takes to really get through the grind. And with DistroKid, uh, we're doing a special partnership where we're, excuse me, a sponsorship where we're giving people uh, a 20% off of their entire first year of having DistroKid up. So that means instead of just passing out your mixtape in Times Square like you might, or instead of sending people your SoundCloud link, now you can get your music on iTunes, you can get it on Spotify, you can get it on Tidal, and you can also get your lyrics on IG Story. So that way on Christmas, you can be like, hey, look, all my stuff is up there. Don't tell me that you ain't heard it yet. So um, that's something that we work working on there um, right now. I'm so glad, so thankful that that was able to happen. And uh, Heavy.com, you know, being a writer, uh, a beat writer covering the Golden State Warriors there, has been a lot of fun so far. I'm excited for this because not, not too many people know um, I, I was a print journalism minor in college. So when I stopped playing basketball and running track, um, and I started acting in plays and being vice president of the Black Student Union. I was also a uh, writer for the school newspaper at that point in time. I was commentating, excuse me, I was commentating and color commentating the uh, basketball and football games at that point in time. And because I had a relationship with all the athletes, it would be so much easier for me to be able to say, look, man, I'm going to be hard on you, but you know it's coming from a place of I just want you to be better versus what you see the Skip Bayless's of the world are doing and whatnot, right? But um, not only was I doing that, but I was also writing for the local newspaper, the Register Mail at that point in time. I was also writing for a Lakers blog at that point in time, LakersNation.com, as a lot of people know it um, for this point, at, at this current point in time, too. So I'm glad that all those experiences and what I did at Respect Magazine as well has also brought me to uh, heavy because I remember being in high school and telling people, yo, there's this little kid in, in, in uh, North Carolina that his, his dad played for the Charlotte Hornets and he's real good and he's going to Davidson. 
Like y'all should be on the lookout for him. People be like, yo, we don't okay, like Davidson. What type of where is that at? Like whatever. And then he turned out to be Steph Curry. So for me to have a full 360 turnaround to come all the way and be like, man, now I'm writing covering Steph Curry on like a nightly basis is uh is is just awesome to me. And I'm um super thankful, super, super proud of the opportunity. And uh, recently, I was also able to be on NTV and talk about what some of my uh, most favorite music and movie moments have been, um, not just this year, but of all time. And if anybody wanna hop on my Instagram, you'll be able to see that. But yeah, man, you know, we doing it big. I'm trying to get all the bags that Nick Cannon just is uh, leaving alone for right now. So let me go see <laughs> if I can snatch all those up and, uh, and, and get some of those, cause you know, somebody got to do it, but yeah. Now that's mad real, bro. You out here really doing your thing. I'm super excited for you, happy for you, proud of you, you name it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, keep keep up the good work, bro. Where can everybody follow you on social media to follow all the things that you're doing? Man, it's real simple. It's my name, Melvin Taylor II. Somebody took Melvin Taylor Jr. So I was like, all right, cool. I guess I'm going to go by II. And then what was funny is they added me one day. I was like, Oh man, it's cool. Like, yo, we got the same name. I was like, no, nah, bro, move up out of here. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> like that. You, you, you took everything I'm identified by. Chill out. But um, yeah, just find me, Melvin Taylor. I, I, it's my website. Um, it's it's my uh, Instagram. It's also my YouTube channel. And additionally, you can find my radio show, The Alt with Mel, T H E A L T W I T H M E L, short for the alternative with Melvin Taylor. Um, you can find us on YouTube, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that as well, man. And just stay tuned. We still got a lot of things that are up. Uh, that are bubbling right now, a lot of ways in which we're still growing. And, you know, I ain't stopping no time soon. I'm, re I'm ready to, to, to get back into it. 2021, I think uh, it's going to be a good one. You know, we got the whole, hopefully, we got all the badness out of the, the roaring 20s right now. Now we can move into the flourishing part of it at this point in time. But um, super excited, man. Glad to glad to be here. Glad that I was able to make this happen. Glad that um, Josh, you brought me on the show. And uh, let's let's keep this going because you know at some point in time we're gonna have to produce that uh, Chicago nighttime show for Josh and get that up on WGN. You know we gotta make that happen at some point in time in the future. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely. You know I'm. You know you know I gotta bring you on board for that. I gotta bring you on board for whatever you oh, know. Of course. So that I end up doing, man. I gotta bring you on for that. And everybody listening to this specific show right now, you can follow me on Instagram at that guy Josh Hicks and on Twitter at jhicks042. And also follow War Media. War Media has a lot of great stuff going on between the Running With War podcast show, with M mm -hmm. all the M latest NBA coverage you can get. You got all the uh, uh, exclusive column writings. You name Real it, quick. you cover it all. Real quick, I want to shout out to uh, all of the guys that's in the, that's in the group chat. Shout out to all of the, all of the uh, radio guys that we got going on there. Especially shout out to War Media as well. Thank you, Kyle Means, for letting me go on and write um, a little Warriors piece before I was getting before I was up on heavy to be like, all right, let me make sure I still got it. I greatly appreciate that as well, man. War has been the, the backbone of everything that you and I both have been able to do just from the support that we all get from uh, being able to stay connected with one another. So I'm definitely thankful for all the brotherhood that we got in there as well. So for sure, I had to shout out all the guys real quick. Tell Tony, hey, uh, save, save some of them previews for uh for, for when the team is on fire, dog. You let, <laughs> you, let a little, you let a little heat out a little too early, man. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Shout out to all the war media guys. Kyle, Ken, Ryan, Tone, mm -hmm. Sid. If I miss somebody, I apologize. Charge my head. Jason my as well. Heart. Jason, Jason. It's all Jason. good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Charge my head, not my heart. Uh, you thank go. you, guys. Man, thank you, Mel, for coming on my show. I really appreciate you. You know we got to do this thing again. 
and keep doing your thing. We'll be covered, we'll, we'll be checking out your work throughout the season. And everyone listening right now, also be, pay, be on the lookout for my column for my predictions on the Christmas Day games that should be coming out tomorrow, the next day, which is Christmas Day, as well as this specific podcast itself. So stay tuned. We'll keep a touch, Mel. Thank you again, my brother. I really appreciate you. Keep doing your thing. And we'll, talk, and we'll keep in touch and talk soon. No problem, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to next time. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy holidays. Yes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family as well. Thank you.